Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. wants to be a landlord in this show we're going to find out what are some untold tried and tested strategies to maximize your property returns joining me is the author of the landlord club he goes by the trade name mr boone m i s t e r and his book is titled the landlord club untold strategies to maximize rental property returns and he's also founder and director of the property times mr boone how are you this morning good morning michelle i'm good all right. So I've heard people say they think there's a churn in the market. They think rental prices are going up fairly or unfairly. Tell us what is your overview of the rental market? Are prices moving up? That's, that's a good question. We have been seeing some of the movement, especially in the neighboring um, areas such as like Jurong and Woodlands where I think due to this uh, special situation we are having now, mm. uh, some of our counterparts like Malaysians, they are not able to go back to their countries. They have been uh, renting places in this area where their workplace is nearby. So we have mm. seen an increase in the rental price. In areas like Jurong, okay. Yeah. All right. Now we come back to your book, Mr. Boone, author of The Landlord Club. Is this your first book on property? Uh, yes. This is my first book because what we are seeing is uh, in the market for about close to more than 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are seeing that uh, currently today market, there's lots of mainstream media is actually more talking about buying and selling. So there's less emphasis on the renting process, which you get your unit. You need to help manage the tenant, uh, get to the lease or this. So I, I think it's a good opportunity for landlord to learn, especially there's lots of properties that's going to be completed soon. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you have more than 15 years experience in the property sector. Can you give our listeners a little background in terms of your experience in the property market? Yeah, we, we start off doing some of the HDB and we cross over to private condos where we actually take charge of residential projects. And also, of course, lately during these few years, we have been involved in the marketing of those new launch. So we can see a transition between buyer behavior. They're actually moving towards uh, buying, selling, uh, in a faster pace, like let's say it takes about three years, five years, rather than really? the old thinking. Yeah, rather than the old thinking of holding the property and getting rental returns for for a long time. Ah, yeah. so the mindset of what kind of a landlord, whether they're a landlord for ten, fifteen years, to see the property increase in you know uh, valuation is changing. There's more churn in the market as you see it. Yes, they're actually much more. I think buyers now more uh, prioritize appreciation capital appreciation, once they get the capital appreciation, they will just sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, older days, they're actually much more looking at uh, holding the property, accumulating properties and get more rental use, mm-hmm. which the Westerner always talk about passive income, uh, positive passive income, all this. So it's actually a, a bit unique in Singapore. Okay. I think due to the mainstream, uh, lots of gurus are talking about that. And yeah. when you say we, you mean not just yourself because you, you have a team of sales agents. Is that right? Yes. We okay. have about close to 80 uh, members under my care. All right. Okay. So first question, based on what I see in the book, is this a good time to become a landlord and join the landlord club? It's a low interest rate environment, but we've heard warnings uh, 
you know, Janet Yellen recently signaling it might be a good idea if interest rates do rise in the U.S., it would be good for the consumers there. Um, and if that happens, homeowners should be prepared to service higher loans. So is now a good time to join the club that you've written about, the Landlord Club? Yes, that's, that's, that's a great question. I mean, we often get this uh, question on the ground. So what I will actually ask them personally is actually first, you must ask yourself, are you ready? Because uh, individually, you need to get ready your finance to be going into this club. And also second is actually on the low interest. Um, I think even our error or even our parents' error, we have not encountered such low interest rate environment where everybody is actually putting in their money rather in the bank uh, into hard assets, like properties is one of them, and to get a better return. So uh, the first question is always ask yourself whether are you ready before you enter? Because the market, we can't time the market anytime. No one has the magic ball. So when you're preparing your, for your sense of readiness, are you talking about being able to finance the mortgage yourself for a number of years? Should you be planning for that? Uh, yes, that's, that's one of the criteria. Because you see, the um, property is something different. Uh, everyone is looking at the past transaction and based on present, your income, to get a loan for a future uh, so-called investment on a longer perspective. Yeah. So you're actually basing on today income to, to give a vote of confidence of buying a property for maybe 10, 20 years. You need to pick up the mortgage or this. So you need to ask yourself, are you ready? And are you confident to put in this vote? Yeah. Are, are you ready and you're confident to do what? Sorry? To, to put in to put in your vote so that to buy the property, hold the property for 10, 20 years, at least you can maintain the maintenance and the installment itself. Okay, so 10, 20 years. But you say people are selling after three years. So shouldn't they just yeah. be planning to hold for three years then if that's the game? If that's yeah, the game plan? So- but you see, normally mortgage loan is actually taking about 20, 30 years loan. Just in case you cannot get your expected appreciation, sale. you, uh-huh. you are not, yeah, you're not, you're not able to sell off the property mm. that you need to keep maintaining and uh, paying the mortgage yourself. Mm-hmm. And then how so you, you must be, it? yeah, you must be ready for that. All right. So your book's interesting because you say you're going to share four untold strategies to maximize property returns. Can you walk us through those strategies? Yeah, some of the strategy might have been unheard of and um, uh-huh. some of the strategies, uh, some of the landlord might know and uh, they have not been using. So first one I can say that is actually nowadays there's a new trend of uh, co-living. So the landlord could uh, actually provide such a uh, situation to the tenant itself. So they do not need to encounter or do not need to engage a, a third party to do this co-living. They can rent out the rooms by themselves. But of course, co-living have a age above them. They have a, like, providing a committee. They actually, this tenant is actually treated as a member. So they actually have activity, networking, activity events, all this. They are landlords who are planning events for their tenants? Yeah, the, the, the co-living operator are doing all this. So are you suggesting that the um, landlord act as a co-living operator or the landlord engage a co-living operator or the landlord allow the tenant to be the co-living operator? They can do two. They either can engage a co-living operator mm-hmm. to, to, to rent their unit. They actually can use them as one of their inventory. Mm. Or second, or they can rent out the room individually. Of course, they cannot go to the extent of providing events for them. They, they might have a three-bedroom uh, unit. They actually can rent out individual rooms. It's actually previously they separate out. Instead of renting to a single family, 
they went out to three individually, uh, three individual tenants, okay, so but- that they can get a better can they can get a better rent than you. Okay, but actually, what stops the landlord from being a co-living operator themselves, right? I mean, planning activities, if they so desire, they can do that. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time and uh, planning for, for activities is one thing. Yeah. But the co-living is also providing services, like let's say cleaning services, ah, laundry services, yeah. aircon services. Yeah. That would be the second point. Mm-hmm. And so that's why uh, a lot of, um, it's also due to the, uh, dynamics of the new tenant, which are, there are lots of from economy or even now the star economy, they are coming in. They'll be, um, they're actually renting a room by themselves. They do not need a big place like the old times, the aspect coming with the whole family. Mm. So, so something changed, uh, it's actually the macro for the economy status. Yeah. Okay. So that's one strategy. Think of, yeah. uh, the co-living strategy. Co-living. They can rent out individual rooms. Some of the, uh, training have been coming up. It's actually asking people to rent rooms individually, mm-hmm. but it's actually hectic to do that yeah. because you need to take care of different tenants, different timing. There's a lot of hazards on that. So it, it, it depending whether you want to pick up as yourself as a landlord. I mean, typically, how much more of rent can you get if you rent out the rooms individually versus you rent it out to one family? A renter, take example, a three-bedroom in um, is maybe outskirts. It can be renting maybe like 3000 as a unit, yeah. as a whole unit. Yeah. But if it's spread out into individual, they can slightly get about maybe 500 bucks more mm. uh, by separating the unit. So it. It depending, yeah. so okay. it depending whether they want to do it. Okay. And what are your other strategies? So we've covered one. Yeah. Second one will be actually the one linked to the first one. It's actually providing service. And uh, you can actually provide um, aircon servicing, maintenance, laundry service, or even asking a cleaning company to come over every weekend to clean up the unit. So this you can actually add on. It's actually something similar to a service apartment. You give service, you become a service provider, and you actually can extract more value out of the property. From what you've seen, how much do people add on when they add these services? uh, It depends. It's rather previously when we encounter like Japanese uh, MMC, they have a good budget for their tenants. And they actually can give lots of, um, I mean, the, ten, the the rental budget is higher. We actually can provide like SCV or the old days SCV. You can actually provide internet subscription for them, for the tenant. So it's all included in the apartment itself. So this actually can give a better uh, view of for the tenant to stay in. So from, they have free internet. Yeah, from what the, you've seen, can you only offer these if you have a big corporate tenant? Yes, it's depending on the tenant coming in. So unless you have such tenant, you actually can give it to them. Even as a, a normal individual, you actually can provide for them. You can tell them, hey, X value, you have these services. That's y cool. value, yeah. Y value, you don't have these services. Right. So it's depending whether he want to pick it up by himself or he actually can include in the renter. Great strategies to sort of mm. differentiate you from other landlords out there, right? I'm talking yes, to Mr. Correct. Boone. He is the author of The Landlord Club. He's a well-recognized real estate expert, more than 15 years in the sector. He leads a team of more than 80 real estate agents as well. So we're going through untold strategies to maximize property returns from the author of the book, The Landlord Club. Uh, Mr. Boone joining us live. That is his trade name, Mr. Boone. Uh, uh, so we've gone through two, Mr. Boon. What are the other two? So the following two, I think the other one, the most important, uh, I think everyone is looking at is the, you need to be aware of your 
uh, loan and uh, the tie down period, you can actually always look out actively for refinancing or repricing with your current bank because interest rate um, actually is pretty low now. It's about 1.3 for a fix. And uh, you need to always be aware of your tie down period, normally about two years, three years. And you do this refinancing. Lots of uh, apparently, lots of landlord actually forget about that. So, yes. so I'm not. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, I know so, people so who have forgotten to refinance for six, seven yeah. years. Yeah, that's that's a strange part I I seen in Singapore. So if you can have a calendar, make sure that maybe two months before you actually can speak to your own bank to see whether you can do a repricing or you actually can even explore of refinancing. So you actually can uh, get a better, lower interest and you actually can service a lower mortgage amount for that. Mm. All right. Put that in your calendar two months before the expiry of your... um, Tie-down period. Tie-down lock-in period. Okay. Yeah. One more untold... Yeah, go ahead. Did you want to add to that? Yeah, the last one... uh, No, the the, the last one is actually uh, something... If you have used CPF, that's, that's a uniquely Singapore strategy... So lots of lots of homeowners actually use CPF during their purchase of property. Yeah. So it depending on which stage you are in and whether how comfortable you are with CPF scheme. And uh, I always recommended to refund your CPF use for your housing. So to stop the accrued interest and actually uh, go, the money will go back to the uh, OA. So you actually can earn about two point five percent. So rather than getting the accrued interest. You need to pay yourself next time when you sell. Mm. And um, the, the thing is, lots of owners do not know. You actually can refund your CPF without selling your house. So they always thought that I need to sell my house and I oh. can uh, stop, this, stop this thing from increasing. So I think there's a misconcept. Or, or the, but the CPF is doing a great job now. Explaining all this. Yeah. Yep. You, you want to refund your CPF, maybe instead of putting your money in a savings account in a newfangled wallet, put uh-huh. it back in your OA. Because if yes. you don't, then the accrued interest is just building up the 2.5%, which is going to come out of the eventual sale of your house. Yeah. Right? Yes. People right. must be reminded of that. The money that you use to buy your house from your CPF, you're going to have to pay yourself back the interest that you would have had on it. And so yeah, it eats so, into your sales. So why would you do that eventually? Correct. So some, some strategy they can, if they are paying monthly installment by CPF, they actually can either cut down yeah. or can just stop the CPF first. So slowly, then after that, you pay back the principal amount. But of course, there's a cash there. You, you need to have excess cash or you, can, um, you need to use cash to pay back. And it, it's just a one-way traffic. So some sort of the more aggressive one is going into your OA and some of, depending on the time, and they actually push to their special account to get even more interest rate. Oh, yeah, I've done a whole show on that, how you can be a millionaire if you use uh, your yes, CPF, I think, right? Yes, lots of that. So this is uniquely Singapore. Yes. And uh, depending on you, whether how comfortable you are with the CPF scheme. Yep. So, uh, investors listening to this show for some great ideas. So, when it comes to real estate property investing, you say we should move away from thinking of the monopoly model of having more houses uh, on the board. Is that right? We can see, personally, yeah, this is my two cents. I mm. feel that now uh, everyone actually uh, prioritizes capital appreciation than the renter you. So, so it, it, it differs from, slightly different from the olden days where your 
lots of them will just accumulate uh, lots of property, keep it for uh, passive income, positive passive income. But nowadays, a lot of uh, buyers are actually looking at shorter term, three years. If let's say they buy a BUC, those uh, building under construction, after three years, they will think of selling it once they achieve their capital appreciation. So, so it's depending on um, the, the, the stage they are in and whether they are more aggressive in their investment. So if let's say it comes to the point that if let's say they are very um, aggressive in their investment style, they actually can buy a BUC, which they can hold on to the unit and wait for the capital appreciation. But if let's say they are just like a, 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 a maybe 50 plus, then they are looking to get another unit for some passive income. I think it's good to get a resale unit, which can give you the fixed tenancy. They yep. can buy a unit with tenancy. They have all the figures. They can calculate how much they will get back. Then that, that will be much certain. It's like a formula rather than it's an open-ended question. Good, good points there. Are there any dislocations in terms of supply and demand here in Singapore so that investors can, you know, scoop up some great in, in investment opportunities? We are seeing averagely that there's not much of disclose, uh, dislocation in the supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Singapore averagely for rental, you would come in about 25 to 3%. So it's depending how you really squeeze your numbers and also uh, scrap up your units for renter. So it depending, but of course, every place will have their different tenant base. Yeah. And uh, what we are looking at as a big picture is today market that there's actually much more of a single or couple tenant uh, due to the economy, like, uh, like what I mentioned previously. Now we are from the gig economy mm-hmm. moving to the star economy. So um, lots of them is from tech company. So they won't come in big families like the old days, very mm-hmm. seldom on them, yeah. Interesting. So you're not seeing certain regions becoming more popular, certain types of property becoming more popular, out, you know, moving towards outstripping uh, supply. Yeah, just, yeah, just that just how, uh, earlier on we have touched on, maybe due to this period of time last year and uh, until now, some of our counterpart is not able to go back. So there are working places, it might be in the outskirts like Churong or even Woodlands. So they're actually uh, renting units um, in, 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 a, in, a, in like a three-bedrooms. They actually slightly push up the market or even in the HDB sector, lots of units is being screwed up. Yeah, so they are, this, this is the one that we are looking at. What do you make of the office rental space? A lot more people working from home. Hmm. So how is the office rental space doing? Yeah, we are also working from home. <laughs> so, You're working just yeah. outside your home right now. That's why we can yeah. hear the birds. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can hear some birds chipping. <laughs> so so uh, I think the office rental space is still pretty healthy. I think for habitual, human beings are habitual and social. So I think for business-wise, they really need a place to, to discuss uh, in person and uh, see how the person reacts. Uh, of course, the, the, the previous introduction, handshake, all this. So uh, we need to have some time to move over that. But you can see from the um, co-living, it actually started, the concept started from the co-working space. And some of the co-working space is actually coming into these uh, big offices in uh, getting big areas. And they need even bigger space now because of all the social distancing. You need more space. You need the the distance uh, to spread out everyone. So this this sector is still pretty okay. Uh, I think uh, we will be back 
stronger and uh, business will be still, business still must go on. The show must go on. Mm, the show mm. must go on. All right, Mr. Boom, before we let you go, um, you say in your book that a landlord must understand macro policies. How is that linked to rental income? Yeah, so this macro is actually more talking about the global market. Uh, there's two sectors. One is your interest rate. Um, like the now that we have listened to the U.S., they have been talking about increasing the rental, uh, increasing the interest. And also, of course, the second one to determine the economy, especially I've spoken on the gig economy, the star economy. You need to know uh, how, how the whole world, the business world is coming to and what type of channel is coming into Singapore. So if you can capture that, even you have a bigger unit, but the tenant is like three individuals, you can do co-living, you can rent to three different persons, you still can extract most value out of your property. So, so that's why you need to know the whole picture. You cannot just buy the property, just, just put there, then you let the, um, your, your, sales, your salesperson do the job. Uh, but of course, you need to do your homework <laughs> and nobody cares more about your money than you do. So you need to really do your homework and at least you know what the person is talking and you can actually uh, navigate through these this times especially. Hey, great tips on being a strategic landlord. Mr. Boon, thanks for being with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. We care about your money. That's why the show is called Your Money. That's Mr. Boone, by the way, author of The Landlord Club. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.